Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. I hope your seatbelt is cinched tight because this is definitely going to be a roller coaster ride in the market trade today. We saw a collapse in the dollar, a rally in Wall Street, uh, a WASDE report, which brought much bigger winter wheat crop. Not to mention, as we'll talk uh, about a reversal going on in this August cattle market. Lots to look at today, so we're going to dive right in as Arlen Suderman joins us with Stonex. And we got to start out talking about the rally in the Wall Street, because as you and I were talking before we started this program, that kind of set the tone for some goodness going on in the markets before WASDE. Yeah, it really did. The CPI number coming out, the consumer price index for the month of June came in a little better than expected, really. And uh, that really set the tone on Wall Street, kind of a risk-on environment. Uh, Wall Street, that the Fed can now pivot a little bit quicker on its policy, and then we can have a soft landing for the economy. So we saw the dollar break hard following that, following Treasury yields lower. That provided some additional tailwinds for the commodities going into the USDA report that we got at 11 o'clock Chicago time. So overall, the thinking on Wall Street is that the economy is able to have a soft landing and kind of bounce back quicker. That should be a boost for commodity demand going forward with the weaker dollar adding to that competitive ability as well. Unfortunately, that wasn't enough to help out uh, against the bearish numbers coming out of USDA then late morning. Well, let's talk about that report. Uh, Any, well, besides the winter wheat, any big other shockers to you as you looked at those numbers? There were two shockers in this report that I thought were significant. Uh, There was a lot of changes you could argue with or whatever, but the two big ones were the much bigger winter wheat crop that we can talk about. And the other was uh, that USDA found a way to turn a very bullish soybean balance sheet for the next marketing year into a bearish balance sheet. And so uh, those were the two shockers. And when you look at corn Corn fundamentals were not going to be bullish any way you look at it. They were going to be bearish with ending stocks above 2 billion bushels, especially after adding 2.1 million acres. On They've been holding up above the spring lows pretty much, holding in there because of strength in the soybean and wheat markets. Well, today's bearish soybean and wheat reports really pulled the rug out underneath of corn then, allowed them to fall through support. And, of course, the algo momentum trading algo computers really piled on the sell orders in all three markets as well really amplifying the move well you know one of the headlines i had read talked about weather was finally noted that you know you and i and everybody else has been talking about uh, usda finally raising some concerns as well well they did they hate to do so in the july report if you look back at the last 30 years They've adjusted the corn yield in the July report just eight times, six times lowered it, two times raised it. Um, On the soybean side, I think they've only adjusted it six times in the July report over that span of time. So they really don't like to do so. And I felt like going into this report with very bullish, tight soybean balance sheet, they would probably leave the soybean yield alone in this report to help Mount use its excuse, well, there's plenty of time yet for soybeans. And that's what they did. Even though it was still a bearish balance sheet, they still left it alone. On the corn side, I felt like the opposite. 
that the uh, with the extra two million acres that they would probably try to offset that to keep stocks from going any higher by cutting yield, and that's exactly what they did. I thought they would end up somewhere around 177 bushels per acre. They ended up at 177 and a half. So that part of it went pretty much as expected. They were able then to keep new crop ending stocks for corn unchanged um, at that 2.2 billion bushel level, which is still pretty high, but they were able to avoid taking it higher. So this winter wheat, kind of give us your your thoughts on what these numbers had to say and what the big picture is going to mean for this complex. Well, we know the drought was bad through much of the growing season. And then this spring, the rain started falling and they just didn't quit falling. Um, so we knew that abandonment would be high. USDA tried to account for that in its May production estimate and had some higher abandonment estimates in there. Um, I still think they've got more abandonment to deal with, but they did surprise us by actually increasing Oklahoma harvested acreage by 450,000 in this report, uh, more than offsetting a loss of 100,000 in acres in Kansas. They boosted yields uh, for the winter wheat crop by uh, two bushels per acre in Oklahoma, three bushels per acre in Kansas, and five bushels per acre in Nebraska on top of a two bushel increase for Texas. So that's kind of how they came up with the increases. There were other, some modest increases in other states and decreases as well in other states. But those are the big ones really pushing the hard red winter wheat crop upward. Soft red winter wheat crop surprise to the upside as well, kind of really adding a one-two punch to that wheat balance sheet. <clears throat> I still think that um, USDA did offset some of that by finally acknowledging how much wheat we're feeding, both in the old crop balance sheet and the new crop balance sheet. So that helped to offset it. So the overall wheat balance sheet isn't, isn't that it's that bearish. It's just not quite as bullish as what was expected, and that's why prices went down. But I think we'll get another adjustment on those acreage by the time we get to September. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We come back, we'll continue to talk a little bit about these numbers. Did they react like Arlen thought they would after those numbers were released at 11 o'clock? We'll also look at this bearish reversal on the August cattle. If everybody thought we'd see some positive numbers towards the close, not happening in the trade today. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Here's an update on what's going on at Fontenelle Hybrids. We're combining with the Channel brand and the other nine regional brands to create a new enhanced Channel Seed brand. And we're excited to announce your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer will be carrying select Channel products this fall for the 2024 growing season. That's an expanded product portfolio with the same great service. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer for details. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. So we continue this conversation this afternoon with Arlen Suderman. Arlen is with Stonex. We had that WASDE report. We had the Wall Street. We had the way the dollar was trading. So as you look at the markets as a whole, did they react like you thought they should have? Well, if you look at the grain and oilseed markets, they probably reacted the way we'd anticipate uh, with the numbers that came out. Uh, the question is, at what time did they become buying opportunities? 
I think that'll probably happen sooner with soybeans maybe than anything else. I think wheat will find a buy-in here at some point uh, as well. Corn, I think, is going to continue to struggle. Weather is going to be the primary factor going forward now. The yield is going to be the big swing factor. We saw how USDA was able to offset higher acreage with lower yields. Um, that just shows the power of the changing yield uh, factor there. I think as we go through the pollination period now and the grain field period uh, and get a better handle on yield, that's going to have a big impact on market movement here in the near term, probably in the next 45 to 60 days. With the collapse of the dollar today and beyond, what are you looking at? Well, it does help us be more competitive. The question is, is it enough? And while it certainly is helpful We've got a long ways to go. When you look particularly at our top competitor on the export market for corn and soybeans, that would be Brazil. And their currency is so cheap relative to the U.S. Uh, dollar um, that we've got a ways to go before we balance that out. Uh, but it's certainly a move in the right direction. And we broke some critical chart support in the dollar breaking today. So we'll have to see if we get follow through weakness uh, for the greenback as a result. All right, switch gears over to the livestock side, looking at this August cattle markets. Uh, you were talking about a bearish reversal for these live cattle. Yeah, it's not a good look on the charts the way we finished out today, certainly. When you go to new contract highs and, and then you close near the previous day's low, technically not a key reversal, but the closest thing that you can get to it. That doesn't necessarily say that we're going to go down from this point. We've been here before, and then we rallied back. I'm thinking specifically we did this uh, back on June the 7th, so about a little, about five weeks ago or so we did this, and then we made new highs. Uh, it's interesting. About the time, it, just when it was getting started breaking, I was doing an interview and talking about how bullish the beef fundamentals are. Uh, we continue to see strong prices, and it's July. This is a time when we tend to see the, the weakest markets from a product market standpoint, from a cash market standpoint. And here we are looking at expectations for one to three higher in cash trade this week. We're looking at choice cuts that while they've come down a long ways are still historically high levels. We did see a, a pin of cattle trade in Texas at 178 about the time that the market broke. Whether that was the reason, I don't know. That's even with last week. Maybe the market was disappointed. But from what we understand, those were not high-quality cattle, probably not very indicative of where the cash market is at. But also when you get a big break like this, you can also see some cattlemen come in and take advantage of the basis opportunities if they're hedged previously and go ahead and add sales. So we'll have to see if we get any response to today's weaker market with more cash trade here in the hours ahead. The WASDE informational sounded like it was supportive to what we see in this cattle market. Yeah, and when you look at feeder cattle demand, we saw an initial push on that. And in fact, losses in feeder cattle were much less than they were in the fat cattle, I think because of those lower feed prices. Um, but overall, this whole protein complex went down. Now, when you afford to, to, uh, to trade lower, and I think we saw a response there as a result. But on the cattle side, keep in mind that we're still slaughtering 65 to 70,000 cows per week. We have not slowed down the cow slaughter. We've really not started retaining heifers. We expect that to happen maybe starting this fall. 
So what that's going to do is tighten up the beef supply even more as we go into the fourth quarter of this year into next year. Um, and I'm talking about cattle going into the feedlot, uh, which will have ramifications for next year's beef production, but also for corn feed use in the year ahead. That's one reason I believe that USDA is going to end up having to reduce their corn feed usage for the next marketing year, but probably before, not before the third or fourth quarters of next year. So looking at uh, the talk of interest rates and consumer demand, will our proteins be able to, to fare okay the rest of the summer? It really comes down to consumer and what the consumer is willing to pay. And based on today's CPI report, that should help boost consumer confidence, consumer sentiment, and maybe help maintain some support for the for the beef product market going forward. All right. Great conversation. Lots of information that we packed in. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen? At StoneX.com or follow me on Twitter. Direct message me there. Uh, my handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.